0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a sermon from our guest Darshanit Nama Haviv, Vice President of Community Engagement at Mazon. Thank you for sharing your congregation with Mazon today. I don't know if you've ever had to follow a really talented bat mitzvah, but it's like not for the faint of heart. (laughs) Um, Congratulations, Mazel Tov, that was beautiful. And now I'm gonna have to try to continue the conversation. Um, So I want you all to just imagine the scene from this week's parsha: Our entire ancestral community, our whole people, are gathered and standing in the same place. Tribal leaders, woodchoppers, water drawers, elders, children, mothers, fathers, even non-Israelites within the camp. All joined together, all present. On this day in the Torah, Moses gathered our people to recommit their covenant with God. The whole community was present. Each person was part of the story, all standing together. Atem nitzavim, You stand this day, all of you. Our ancestors heard Moses' warnings about the plagues and the desolation that would result if our people abandoned our covenant with God. They heard the promises of fruitfulness and prosperity that would be ours if we held up our end of the deal. And most importantly for me, I think, our people were given a real gift. The understanding that the mitzvot commanded of us are not complicated or far removed from us. They're not found in the heavens or across the sea. They are in our hearts and in our mouths. The commandments are already known to us. In an earlier part of my career, as Rabbi Torney noted, I was lucky enough to have Rabbi Harold M. Schulweis as my teacher. This week's parsha connects me deeply to his teachings. The idea that God is not believed, but behaved that our values must be put into practice daily, that our commitments to our community and our peoplehood are active parts of our daily lives. Rabbi Schulweis used to say that the most important word in all of, of Jewish liturgy was the Biblical Hebrew word, al-ken, in modern Hebrew, ul-ken. it means, and therefore, that our values must be put into practice state, da- oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> that, that uh, and therefore, uh, everything that we read in the Torah, everything that we study, at the end it says, I can, and this is what we must do. And therefore, this is how we act. We know this, and then we do that. Deeds and not words are the true mark of our faith. So here are some things that I know, and then you're going to know, and then we're going to talk about what we have to do. Because that is our way, and that is our covenant. I know that nearly 40 million Americans right now have no idea where their next meal is going to come from. I know that that number cuts across all aspects of our country, all people, elders and children, mothers and fathers, people inside our community and outside of it. Adem mitzvim. I know that food is so much more than calories and nutrients. And so the problem of hunger is a problem that is so much more than a person's physical needs not being met. Food is a language that we use to tell our friends and our families, our children and our neighbors, who we are and where we came from. We're about to eat apples and honey for a sweet new year. I tell my daughter all the time about how my earliest food memory is fried onions, and I can't remember if this memory is from my Safta Tilda's Austrian kitchen or my Safta Simcha's Yemenite kitchen because taking the time to slowly fry onions was the only thing those two women ever agreed on in my entire life. (laughs) Food is central to our identities, to our humanity. And I know that to cut someone off, not only from food in general, but from the food that is right for them, nutritionally, culturally, religiously, violates a fundamental piece of that person's dignity. It wounds their neshama, and it breaks our commandment to treat every single person as if they are created b'tzelem elohim, in the image of God. And, I know that it doesn't have to be this way. I know that in the 60s and 70s here in this country, we got close to functionally ending hunger, to having fewer people coming onto the food stamps rolls at any given time than coming off. Of course, there were hungry amongst us, but there was also a robust safety net to catch, support and help those people out of the poverty they faced. I know that people from all walks of life in this country across the political spectrum elders and children mothers and fathers people inside our community and outside of it together agreed to and believed in this mission atem nitzavim i know that we as a country on a bipartisan chose to weaken and eventually break that system we built expressly racialized and gender judgments about who was deserving and undeserving of support into our laws. We ensured that right when people were at the most, we ensured that right when people were at their most vulnerable, we placed obstacles in their path. And we did that across the political spectrum. Atem mitzvim. I also know that it's not too late. That we know where we've been and where we come from and we also know what's possible in this country. Al ken, and therefore, we, all of us, must act. The commandments to honor the most vulnerable among us, to protect them and to feed them, those commandments are in our hearts and in our mouths. an mitzvim, we stand this day, all of us. Charity is not enough to solve a problem this big for 40 million Americans. Food banks and food pantries struggle valiantly to support the hungry among us, but that charitable system was never built to meet the needs of so many millions of people. It was meant to fill in the gaps that government had not yet been able to reach. The only institution with the breadth and the reach to challenge this problem As massive as this problem is the government, and so we must start there. Our tradition teaches us that the root of charity, tzedakah, is justice, tzedek. A justice-based approach compels us at Mazon, a Jewish response to hunger, to ensure everyone who needs it, no matter their faith or their background, no matter the circumstances that brought them to needing assistance, has access to a robust, expansive, and comprehensive safety net so that they can have the stability and the security that they need to step up and out of poverty. And it compels us to challenge those systems in our country that allow hunger to persist in the first place. And I ask you to join us. I'm gonna tell you how, don't worry. Uh, There's three ways. First, you can help us educate our community inside the Jewish community and outside of it, about who is hungry in our country and why. We know that in order to achieve non-judgmental, needs-based policies where the government is not the arbiter of who does and doesn't deserve support, we must dismantle the culture of shame and stigma that surrounds people who struggle with poverty and the programs that serve them. That work begins here with all of us. Please take it home with you to your families, to your networks. Be in touch with me about the educational programs that we can help bring to your schools, community organizations, and beyond. I have cards, please take them. In December, Mazon is launching an entirely virtual Hunger Museum tracing 100 years of hunger in this country and the cultural, social, and political, and economic pressures that compelled our leaders to invest in or disinvest from the most marginalized among us. I hope that each and every one of you will join us for tours of the museum, all from the comfort of your own computers or classrooms. Um, We'll spend some time in our museum and we'll contact us to figure out how to do even more. You can also help us advocate for a robust and expansive food safety net in this country and to build the political will for for envisioning an end to hunger, not just management of the problem, but actually a justice-based approach to ending it. Whether you decide to join an action alert on our website, mazon.org, adding an advocacy action into your holiday food drive, or joining us for meetings with members of Congress, which I am so thrilled to talk to all of you about how to do, we'd be thrilled to have your partnership. And of course, especially as we approach the High Holy Days, Mazone would love your support to continue our important work together. This next year, we're working on the Farm Bill. It's an omnibus piece of legislation that is reauthorized every five years, and it governs almost every single food safety net program in our country, including the largest one, SNAP, the food stamps program. Uh, We need your help in ensuring that that safety net is, as I noted, as robust and as expansive as possible. Um, And we also need your help in the investments that we're making to build a a strong network of anti-hunger advocates across this country. Mazon has been building that network for more than 30 years. And for the last several years, we've been focusing that work on building a network of professional advocates in the states where food insecurity and hunger are at its highest, and not surprisingly, where there are almost no people working on changing policies. Lots of charitable work happening. Nobody actually changing the policies until Maison's investment. We need your help to do that more. We are all, as the Torah makes clear, in this together. And so it makes sense that we read this parsha just days before Rosh Hashanah. We too are preparing to stand together with our community, with the old and the young before God, to affirm our part in the covenant, to share our stories. And we stand this day, all of us together. Thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles.